This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The shape of things to come in our national sport as the baseball season gets underway. Opening day is always a special time. The starting line for a 162-game regular season marathon. The history of opening day in Houston began in 1962 when the Colt 45s thrilled a crowd of 25,343 with a complete game win by lefty Bobby Shantz over the Chicago Cubs 11-2. Shantz, who was traded to St. Louis in May of 1962 for Carl Warwick and John Anderson, led the Colt 45s to a three-game sweep of their opening series. Al Helfer described the conclusion of their win in the second game of that series. Now, the time and walks back to the Rosenberg, then slams it down on the ground. Full count. It's a dramatic moment right now at Cole Stadium. Three balls, two strikes on the hitter. Two outs, two on. Top of the ninth inning. The Colts lead is two to nothing. And Kirk Farrell is about ready to make the pitch. The guy from uh, first base will be on the move. Al Larry. There he goes. The pitch is... Gene Elston wrapped up the series sweep. Stone is one out away from a shutout here in the ninth inning. And he's behind on Altman now. Two balls and one strike. He takes a lot of time before he gets ready again. Two to nothing. Houston leads. Here's the windup now, and the next pitch into Altman. There's a ground ball back to the mound, drops the ball, can't find it. There's the throw. It's all over. And the 45s win 2 to nothing. Well, the 45s have swept the Cubs series three in a row. 19 consecutive scoreless innings of pitching by Dean Stone, Hal Wodeschick, and Dick Farrell. Three up and three down. No runs, no hits, no errors, nobody left on. And we continue to lead the National League in a first-place tie with the San Francisco Giants. Three wins, no defeat. Opening day in 1963 for the Colt 45s against the San Francisco Giants brought a career first for one of the best hitters developed by Houston, Rusty Staub. Lowell Pass describes it. Jack Sanford laboring out there on that mound into the stretch. Runners lead off at third and first. Here's the pitch. Rusty swings, hits it down the first baseline. Fair ball! Here comes the runner and Spangler scores. Digging around second is Pete Rose. He's heading for third. And Rusty has singled down the right field line. He rocketed that ball like a shot just inside of first base. And I tell you, this Rusty stop is becoming a hero here. He got a great cheer when he drew a base on balls his first time at bat playing in the major leagues. And now has ripped one down the right field line, driving in a run. And that makes it a 6-1 to one ball game. Opening day in 1965 brought a whole new realm of entertainment to the sports world. The Astrodome was ready to dazzle the world and give Houston the status of being a trailblazing city in both space exploration and sports. The sounds coming from the new giant scoreboard with its home run spectacular were part of the entertainment mix. 
Bob Bruce lost the Astrodome regular season opener to Chris Short and the Phillies 2-0. But the excited crowd of 42,652 came away impressed by a trend-setting change among sports venues. Gone were the rain delays and stifling heat and humidity. Cushioned seats, air conditioning, and eventually AstroTurf, which required a little longer to develop, led Houston fans into the future of sports. As the Houston openers continued through 56 years, Larry Durker made history by winning complete games in 1968, 71, and 75. Mike Scott won three straight openers in 87, 88, and 89. Dallas Keuchel matched that in 2015, 16, and 17. Now we're ready for the first opener after a World Series title. You're home for the 2017 World Series champions. And the Astros are 2017 World Series champions. The Houston Astros. World Series champions. Radio Network. Who would have ever believed? Robert Ford joined by Astros general manager Jeff Luna one final time in spring training. Of course, we'll talk to you every week. Uh, during the regular season and uh, nice to get out of Florida and, and, and get ready for the season. It is. It's been a great spring for us. Six weeks. We're ready to go. Our team is healthy and our roster is pretty much set at this point. So we just need to start playing game. Then we'll be ready to go in Arlington on Thursday. The final roster decisions were announced. A couple of players told that they had made the team basically for those final two roster spots. J.D. Davis and Derek Fisher and Tyler White and, and Tony Kemp option. Obviously, always great conversations to have with people like Davis and Fisher, uh, both of whom will be on an opening day roster in the big leagues for the first time, and, and tough conversations with guys like White and Kemp. Well, it is. I mean, Davis and Fisher made it easy on us. They went out and played really well these last couple weeks and uh, really earned their spot on the team. As for the other guys, we're going to need, we tell them every year, we, we need all these guys to come up and help out. We very rarely go wire to wire with the guys that we start with. It's just a starting point. What really matters is where we are at the end. And, you know, whether it's A.J. Reed or, or Kemp or Martez or any of the guys that, that did well this spring that are going to start in AAA, they're all going to have a chance to contribute. And you look at what J.D. Davis did this spring. I mean, offensively, uh, just saw uh, just fantastic production all spring. I know he had worked on some things uh, with Jeff Albert and, and it made some adjustments. And It always seems like, too, when guys get that first taste of the big leagues and pitchers adjust to them, you know, how they recover from that and, and what they do the next time they're up really makes a big difference. It does, and one thing we know for sure is that pitchers will figure out where your weakness is and they'll yeah. go after it, and we saw it with Tyler White, we saw it with A.J. Reed, we saw it with other players that had really good minor league careers. You know, J.D. Davis got a taste last year. He's had a good spring. Uh, they're going to make adjustments, but hopefully he'll get a chance to adjust back, and, and, you know, we really like his defense too, and I think that's an important undersold part of this spring is A.J. watch carefully because he needs to trust the guy at third base and first base, and uh, he does, and that's one of the reasons he made the opening day roster. Meanwhile, Derek Fisher, you know, the beginning portion of camp uh, didn't see a whole lot of offensive production. And uh, last few days, I mean, the Fort Myers trip, he had three hits in Minnesota. He had two hits uh, yesterday against the, the Red Sox in Fort Myers and, and really started to see him pick it up offensively the last week and a half or so. We have. And to be honest, you know, sometimes they're working on stuff at the beginning yeah. of spring and, and it's, you take two steps back to take three steps forward, if you will. And I think Derek was working on a few things, but uh, his athleticism and his ability to play this game came through. And really, he's done everything he needs to do at AAA. So he just needs to get playing time and experience at the big leagues. And I really do see him as a regular part of this team. Isn't it nice to be... Uh, 
in spring training with a team that, honestly, you don't have a lot of decisions coming in. I mean, obviously, you're, you always worry about health and that sort of thing, but a lot different. And when you don't have a lot of decisions coming into camp, that usually bodes well for your season. It sure does. And I remember the years where we had nine or ten open spots in spring. Right. This year we had a couple. We filled them pretty early. And, you know, now it's a matter of going out there and playing. There's still a lot of work to be done as far as how everybody slots in the bullpen, how we use the two starters that are going to be in the pen and all of that, uh, how we mix around Marwin Gonzalez and when Yuli comes back, what that means. But those are those are problems that every team has. Those are issues every team faces. And, you know, we've got a great manager and we've got a great roster. So I'm just anxious to get going. You mentioned Yuli Gurriel coming back from the, the hamate surgery and uh, hit off a pitching machine today. What's his, what's his status, and, and, and do you have a better idea of when you might have him back? The reality is, if you had asked me this a few weeks ago, I would have said he's going to start the year on the DL, but right now we're, quite, we're not sure because we think he's going to be ready, and so we need to make a determination. Do we really need to keep him out an extra 15 days or 10 days when, when he'll be ready? So he's got to serve the suspension no matter what. Uh, we'll make a determination here before the season starts, but it's, it's, it's likely or possible that he will just serve a suspension and then be activated right afterwards for our opening homestand. This is Steve Sparks at Astros getting closer and closer, and who better to talk to about what he saw during spring training, the Brian McTaggart of MLB.com. Theme-wise, there wasn't a lot of competition for the Astros in spring training. What did you see, Brian? Well, the thing that really stuck out to me is how this team, even though it's won the World Series, feels like uh, it almost feels like there's unfinished business. Mm-hmm. Like they, you know, early on in spring, they talk about the Yankees. I, I think they come in with a chip on their shoulder. And if you look at the last nine World Series champions, I think pretty much all of them at the break either were around 500 or the Cubs last year under 500. So I, I think this team's on a mission to say, you know what, we can do it again, and we're better than the Yankees. And there, there was no complacency. I just felt it was a very focused uh, group, a very methodical spring camp, no injuries, very few battles. Uh, I think it went really smooth. Who keeps everybody accountable? I mean, you're down in the clubhouse a lot, and you see the personalities who are the main players to keep everybody accountable to keep working? Altuve's really blossomed into that guy. And uh, I, I think he's been around so long and accomplished so much that it's almost, uh, it's almost natural that he is a guy. And I think a few years ago he probably wouldn't have embraced that, but I think he does now. Um, it was really impressive watching Verlander in the early days of camp when he's sitting in his locker talking to Garrett Cole, and there were about five other sets of eyes on him from across the clubhouse, you know, the triple the A and double A pitchers wow. that um, were trying to soak everything in but probably didn't want to go and talk to Verlander for whatever reason. So um, it's amazing the, the influence he's had on this team as well. Um, you know, I think Brian McCann's a, a big voice in there as well. So, uh, and, you know, he stepped up in the playoffs last year when they had a meeting and after, I guess, after game five against the Yankees. So they have some great veteran leadership, which you have to have. Your best players, I think, when they're your leaders, I think yeah. that's, that's really good. Yuli Gurriel was the only blip as far as an injury in spring training. Where is he progression-wise? Well, he's still back in Florida where he's going, they're going to try to get him in a, a minor league game or a sim game, but it, it looks like there's a chance he might not need the DL to start the year. You know, he's going to have the five games anyway. That might be enough to get him healthy. I mean, he was taking batting practice just a couple of days ago off a pitching machine, so he said he felt really well. So, um, you know, that would be a good sign. He said he's, he's uh, making – the doctors told him that he's making uh, really fast progress. So um, if, if he starts the year on the DL, you know, it's going to be an extra 10 games. But right now it looks like they might get him back, back on Tuesday, which would be great. Brian, you were around this team in 2005, one of the best pitching staffs this team has had rotation-wise. Does this one stack up favorably to, to the one in 2005, 2004, you think? 
Uh, yeah, I think so. I think this one is better just with the depth when you have Garrett Cole as your, your four starter in Morton. I mean, that the, the 0405 was very, very top heavy with those three guys, Oswald, Clemens, and Pettit, were really, really good. And, you know, Clemens won the Cy Young in there. And 2005, Pettit from June 1st to the end of the season was dominant. People forget that because he got hurt in 04, but he was the best pitcher in the big leagues the last four months of the season. And then Oswald was winning 20 games both years. So, but I, I think this has a chance to be better just because of the depth. Um, when you have, you know, Morton at, at number five, you know, throwing 98 with sink. I mean, I don't, I don't think nothing against Pete Monroe or whoever or Brandon Backey, but the, I don't think they were doing that. You know, Brian McTaggart, it's always great to be around you during the course of this season. So uh, thanks for catching up and giving us a rundown. Yeah, thank you, Sparky. The Houston Astros Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 